Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on 970 WDAY. The deal feels good to be back. Glad to have you back. Sounds like uh, Tim Flackle did a pretty good job yesterday sitting in for me, so thanks to him uh, for doing that for me. I had to be down in Bismarck at the uh, annual meeting of the Lignite Energy Council. Uh, the folks there, uh, you know, I mean, obviously that's the coal industry and they're seeing a lot of opportunities these days under the Trump administration, um, you know, and so they're talking about how to talk about coal and, and communicate about coal and, and, you know, convince people that coal industry isn't some evil cartoon villain, which which they've kind of been made out to be. I don't. Did you watch Captain Planet when you were a kid, Natil? I did. I, I did, too. What a I, I'm so I don't care where you're at on the political spectrum. What a bunch of propaganda that was. I mean, oh. my goodness, it was. I mean, I guess I haven't I haven't watched it. In so you got to go back and see know. some of it. You got to come back. People who work like lumber companies, coal companies, oil companies, they may as well have been like snidely whiplash, right? I mean, that's that's what they were, snidely whiplash, and then you know. The, the, the kids would would come together and invoke some mullet-headed superhero to, like, beat him up or something. That was pretty much the entire cartoon. It's propaganda. We are going to talk about voter ID today. Uh, State Representative Rick Becker is going to be on the program. Uh, he is a co-sponsor of legislation that passed uh, earlier this session. It is now before Governor Doug Burgum, uh, and it... it I mean, obviously, there's been sort of a, a long history with our, our voter ID laws. Where, well, I guess not a terribly long history, but uh, we passed some reform. Legislature passed some reforms in 2015. Uh, the court struck those down, so this is another run at it. We'll talk with uh, Representative Becker about it. Grand Forks Herald today saying the governor should veto the bill, uh, in part because no Democrats voted for it, which I think is a little bit silly. I think it's fetishizing bipartisanship a little bit i i always feel you should always look at the bill i think right i mean if we're talking about a proposed policy if we're talking about a proposed piece of legislation it shouldn't really matter who is for it or against it right what should matter is is it good policy right is it going to solve a problem is it going to solve a problem in an efficient way that's not going to cause more problems right i mean that's the debate we should be having, not how many R's or D's are are not lined up behind a given bill. Um, so I don't know. I mean, people say, oh, well, the only good bill is a bipartisan bill. Well, maybe that's not the case. I can think of a lot of very bad bipartisan policies, uh, a lot of very controversial policies. Whatever you may think of the war in Iraq, the authorization for use of military force in Iraq passed by Congress was bipartisan. Obamacare, on the other hand, and a lot of people like that, a lot of people think that was very good policy, passed without a single Republican vote. Now, I, I think if you're going to talk about Obamacare, you shouldn't talk about necessarily how many Republicans or Democrats voted for it. You should talk about the actual bill and how it's going to affect things. So I think the Herald's all wrong about that. But anyway, we'll get into with that with uh, State Representative Rick Becker uh, 701-293-9000 if you want to call in. 888-970-9329 is the toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com or tweet me at Rob Port. Um, I, had a, I had a post today, kind of I guess kind of asking a question. What if the people who are 
you know, foaming at the mouth about Donald Trump's tax returns. Uh, and that's everybody from the people who were rallying, uh, you know, across the nation about the tax returns. Rachel Maddow, who had a meltdown because she got one of his tax returns from like 2005 and way oversold the scoop uh, to the student newspaper at the North at North Dakota State University, uh, where some of the people, some of the students who published the paper, uh, I guess, published uh, images of their own tax returns. Um what if that what if that movement is sort of like the birther movement under President Obama? Now, the first reaction I've gotten to that post cuz I wrote it up at sayanythingblog.com. You can read my whole argument there. The first reaction I got from a lot of people is that Obama's birth certificate is totally not the same thing as Donald Trump's tax records. And my response to that is you're right. It's not the same thing. Because one of those things, natural, natural-born natural citizenship in the United States, is a constitutionally required prerequisite to be the president of the United States, and the other is not. Presidents have no obligation to release their tax returns. Now, a lot of them have in the past, and by the way, I think President Trump should. I wish he would have already. I think that transparency and accountability are some of the hallmarks of public service. The problem, though, is what Trump's doing, I think, is kind of what Obama did with his birth certificate. And this is where I draw the comparison. And by the way, I thought birtherism was silly. I thought it was clear early on that I I think it's valid to ask the question. And by the way, the same question was asked of John McCain when he ran for president because John McCain was born in the Panama Canal Zone. The same question was asked of Senator Ted Cruz when he ran for president. And it's not necessarily an invalid question to ask. The constitutional requirement is in there. The problem I had with the birther movement is that they kept at it long beyond it became very evident that President Obama was qualified to hold office. They kept at it, and there was conspiracies, a secret this and secret that. What started as perhaps a valid question about his qualification to hold that office morphed into a conspiracy theory and that's where it got ugly. And to me, that's they went too far. But I think it's a valid question to ask of any presidential candidate. You know, If we're going to have that requirement in the Constitution, and I guess we can have a debate about whether or not it should be in there, it is in there. You should be able to ask the candidates about it. That's not wrong. But I think the comparison between the tax situation with Trump and the birther thing with Obama is that they're both playing politics with it, right? Because... Obama did eventually release his long-form birth certificate, and he did so in 2011, <laughs> years into his presidency. And why did he wait so long? Why did he allow that issue to fester for so long? Because it was politically advantageous for him to do so. The birthers were ridiculous. They made Republicans look foolish. So, of course, he dangled it out there because he loved that that's what Republicans were talking about. They were all wagging their jaws about his birth certificate. Meanwhile, he was getting things done. So that was too bad that the birthers did that. That was smart politics by Obama. And I think Donald Trump's doing the same thing. Right? Everybody's talking about his birth certificate. Meanwhile, what's he doing? He's clear-cutting Obama-era regulations. 
He's getting things done. He's checking off campaign promises. Not perfectly, and there have been problems. But Donald Trump loves that you're talking about his tax returns. Because that means he's not fighting you on all the other stuff he's doing. Love to hear what you think. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. Tweet me at Rob Port. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Robert Report here on 970 WDAY. Next segment, don't forget, State Representative Rick Becker is going to be on. We're going to talk about the uh, voter ID law passed by the legislature. It's probably going to be challenged in court again. It may even get struck down again. But listen, I, I, I think the legislature is doing the right thing. They need to push as hard as they can to get as many protections as they can to protect the ballot box. Because, listen, our our democracy is built around that ballot box. If we don't trust that it's producing valid outcomes, we're in a lot of trouble. So we'll talk with him about that. Uh, I've been talking about the Trump taxes thing and how I kind of think it's like the birther movement. I'd love to hear from you. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Here's the thing with, here's what I think is eventually going to happen with Trump's taxes. Because I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that eventually he's going to release them. And when he does release them, I think what we're going to find is there's not a lot of there, there. I think that's what we're going to find. Maybe we'll find out that Trump's not as rich as he's been perceived. But honestly, I mean, once you get past like a billion dollars, that's pretty good. And, but I mean, if, at, at this point, I mean, if he had, if he had done something illegal... I mean, I I feel like that would have come out by now, you know. And maybe I'm wrong. I hope he does release them. I think he should release them. And I think he will release them. I just don't think he's done wringing all the political advantage there is to be had out of it yet by dangling it over all the the left-wing people who who want it. I, I think it's still politically advantageous to him to not release them. I do. And I, I think all the people who are, are gnawing at this bone on the left just don't get it. I, I, I think they're being bamboozled by Trump once again. What do you think, Natil? Am I off the rails? I don't think you're off the rails. I it just it it's frustrating, I guess, because he made it clear that he was going to release his tax information yeah and he hasn't yet yeah and so and that makes him a liar yeah and that and that's what that's what gets me like sure you can you can say that i don't like trump or whatever you want to say about my feelings on donald trump because in in general i haven't been overly 
impressed with him as a president thus far, but I also haven't been like super taken aback either. But if he if he's going to produce just a straight blatant lie, that makes me concerned for the next half a year to four years of his presidency. Yeah, but all the politicians lie. Obama I know, and lied. that's and that's George so, W. Bush lied. I, mean, I know, and, and, and that's I, and that's very frustrating to me. Like it yeah. when it when it's something that has come out very clearly. I will release my tax information, and then no, nah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. No, nah, yeah. I'm just I'm just not gonna. That's and, frustrating. And I think he will, though. I, I mean, I think he will eventually. He's gonna he's gonna drop it, and I think what we're gonna see is a big nothing burger. Which is fine. Great. I hope it's a big nothing burger. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I, I think he's doing it the same way Obama did it, right? Like he knew. At, at, at any point, Obama could have could have dropped the birth certificate. The, the, you know, within hours of it first coming up, right? Like, like the question. I mean, it's his birth certificate. It's not that hard for him to get. He was a U.S. senator when he was running for office. He can get his birth certificate. He can have it out there. It wouldn't have taken that long. Right. All it required was his permission. And he didn't do it. And why didn't he do it? Because it was advantageous for everybody to be to be, you know, wagging their gums about his birth certificate and not some of the other things that he was doing. It was a distraction and one that benefited him. And I think the same is true for Trump. Now, I'm not condoning it. I I don't. I'm not necessarily taking a position. And again, I think President Obama was it was clear to me. That he was born, based on the evidence even before he released his birth certificate, that he was born in Hawaii and he was a U.S. citizen, naturally born. That I never doubted that. But it was frustrating to see him dangling that issue in front, just as I'm, I'm sure it's and it's frustrating for you, Natil, to see President Trump dangling the tax issue. And I think that's absolutely, absolutely what he's doing, without a doubt. I don't, I don't necessarily think you're wrong there. I mean, it's... It's pretty apparent that this is a great way for people to have something to yell about that isn't, right. you know, the fact that healthcare still sucks. Right. What's what's funny to me is that they didn't get I mean cuz this was an issue during the campaign, right? Like this wasn't something that came up after he took office, right? I mean the Clinton campaign made a pretty big deal out of this. The fact that he wasn't releasing his campaign, the, the, a lot of members of the press made a big deal out of the fact that he said he was going to release him, and then he didn't. It wasn't like people didn't know. So why would we think, I mean, why, the, the people who are organizing the rallies and stuff now, why would they think this is going to hurt Trump now when it didn't hurt him during the campaign? 701-293-9000, Caller, John, you're up. Well, you know, Rob, what tickles me about the whole thing? It's kind of like, you know, Sandy ranting last hour about how much it costs Trump every, you know, every time he goes to Mar-a-Lago. We'll worry about little trivial garbage like this, but we won't look at Congress and ask where billions upon billions upon billions upon, you know what, yeah. go to foreign countries that hate us, how much the refugee programs cost us, you know, socially when they're talking about cutting social program money. Yeah. You know, I, hey, we're, people worry we're, so much. I could give a rat's butt less what Donald Trump made last year or the year before. He's rich. Get yeah. over it. Move forward. John, I, I, I think you got a good point. And, by, and I got to go to a break here, so I got to let you go. State Representative Rick Becker coming up next. My position, you know, the people complaining about the money that Trump is spending on travel, that's as dumb a story now as it was under Obama, right? Presidential security and travel costs a lot of money. 
deal with it. They're human beings. They're allowed to travel. If you want to get upset about spending, we got bigger fish to fry. How about Medicare? How about Social Security? How about Medicaid? More coming up on the Rob Report right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report. Call in 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Or send me a tweet at Rob Port. Someone who sends me tweets now and then, but maybe not enough. State Representative Rick Becker, Republican from Bismarck. Rick, how are you? I'm doing good, Rob. How about you? you got to tweet at me more. I suppose you're busy, though. <laughs> I don't tweet much. No, you don't. Now and then, I see them. Yep. Tell me about this uh, voter ID bill that passed. Grand Forks Herald writing today that, first of all, Governor Burgum should veto it just because no Democrats voted for it, um, which seems like a kind of silly standard. But they go on to say that basically this isn't going to pass federal muster either, that North Dakota is going to you know, basically be embroiled in another legal fight, and the courts are just going to strike it down again, so it's bad policy. What's your response? Well, I don't have a detailed response uh, on the specifics of the uh, recent court case and, and how this is going to to um, get around that. My understanding is the the great lengths that this bill has gone to to make it extraordinarily easy, uh, not to mention free, uh, to do what's necessary with regard to an ID, affidavit, etc., uh, will uh, indicate to the court that this is in no way uh, hindering uh, a group of people or any individuals, for that matter, from voting. Therefore, it should not be um, viewed in the same manner as the, the previous bill, perhaps. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Run us through some of the changes this bill implements. Well, <clears throat> firstly, um, the it, you're going to need a driver's license um, or or a state-issued identification card or a tribal government card. And, you know, those state-issued IDs are free, um, but you're going to need a card. Uh, another thing is that it, they, they, we've identified a few things where there might be some exceptions, like living in a nursing home, um, being overseas in, in the armed forces, and, and there's ways to deal with that. Those are the special circumstances. Uh, there's an aspect if you get there and you don't have an ID on you. Um, and you can vote by affidavit. However, you need to come back uh, to the poll and show an ID, or you need to uh, address the the uh, Secretary of State or Canvassing Board within, I think, it's six days, uh, and prove again your your identification and residency. And so there's, uh, I mean, like I say, it's just extremely easy if you're an actual resident of the state. Uh, it's, I don't know how it could get any easier. What the courts said, because the courts, obviously the, the legislature in 2015 passed reforms. In 2016, the court struck them down. So we actually didn't vote in accordance to those reforms in the November election. Uh, we went back to the, the old way, which was basically if you didn't have an ID, you could just sign an affidavit saying, I am who I say I am, and I am, I'm from where I say I'm from, and, and then your vote counts. Um, yep. 
where do you feel like the judge is going to accept this? Well, it depends which judge and uh, which which court. I, I think that there's, like I say, there's, from my understanding, much better reason to think that this is going to um, be acceptable based on the the court's arguments on their in their ruling. Um, it's it's not hindering anyone's right to vote, and uh, you know this with this most recent election, you indicated the affidavit thing because we didn't institute what we tried to with law. Uh, in the previous session, but there are a number of um, Cass County has some information, and in fact, the, the Secretary of State is trying to get it throughout the state on exactly what happened with the affidavits, be, because they're supposed to um, verify those. And what they're finding, with as far as they've gotten so far, is there are a lot that have been returned as not deliverable, or insufficient address, or live in Wisconsin. South Dakota, you know, a bunch in, in Minnesota, they're Minnesota residents. Um, and so there's a significant percentage that can't be verified. And one must, I mean, if you're going to be logical at all, you have to assume that at least a large percentage of the unverifiable affidavits are not going to be legitimate residents, which in case that, you know, that's voter fraud. That's a form of voter fraud. We got a caller on the line. Scott, go ahead, Scott. Hi, I was wondering if I could ask you a question, or maybe two. One is, what does it take to get a state-issued ID? Is you got to go up to the Capitol and get a birth certificate copy and stuff like that? Or and the other one is, why can't uh, like college IDs be used for for IDs since they're pretty much state-issued, aren't they? No, I don't. Uh, from my understanding, that they're not uh, a state-issued ID. You don't need to show any. Uh, type of supporting uh, documentation, um, certainly not that uh, documentation that you're a citizen. So, yes, my under, I don't have a list of what's all acceptable. I, it's going to be two items uh, with the Department of Transportation, um, but you just bring, say, a birth certificate uh, um, or, or, like I say, I'm not sure on the list, but you bring in your your required forms and then presto change or you get a state-issued ID at no charge or a driver's license. Um, if you're a non-citizen, you're uh, offered those as well, but it's color-coded. Thanks for the call, Scott. 701-293-9000, email talk at wday.com. The lawsuit, which resulted in the previous, I guess, iteration of the law being struck down, was filed by a group of Native American uh, citizens, and their argument was that it's it's very difficult for them to get IDs because of economic reasons because of geographic reasons that they live too far away from um i i i guess a, a dmv or whatever where they could get an id has there been anything thought towards making it easier to get the ids themselves and and by that i mean like like having like a mobile dmv sometimes which travels into the rural parts of the state which could issue these ids and probably provide some other services that that people in rural parts of the state might enjoy have coming to their communities now and then. I mean, has there been any thought put into that sort of thing? Well, not by me. I don't know if anyone's given it serious consideration. I mean, this whole aspect of, of wanting to vote, I, I mean, you, you, you do have to get off your couch and get to a, a polling place. You know, I mean, it does take at least just a tiny bit of interest and effort to go and vote. Now, sometime over the course of four years or two years uh, between elections, I, I am imagining that people are going to get to a town that has a DMV office. I mean, I would love to hear examples 
of people that uh, have been wanting to vote, but over the course of four years don't get to a town with the DMV in it. Um, and, and, and I'd also like to see a list of any substantial number of people that uh, don't feel um, disenfranchised or that do feel disenfranchised from voting, but yet they don't feel disenfranchised uh, because they can't fly without an ID. You know, we can go through a, a, a huge list here, right? I mean, can't apply for food stamps without an ID, as far as I'm aware. You certainly can't open a bank account. Um, you can't buy a gun. You, you can't. You can't buy Sudafed. You know, if you got a stuffy nose, you want to buy Sudafed instead of the uh, the other one. That's not as good. Um, you need an ID. So there's a, so many things we need an ID for. The state is making it free. All you have to do is have enough gumption and interest to walk in with the required forms and get your ID, and you can vote. It's it's so easy. There's no there's no effort whatsoever to try and disenfranchise specific voters. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. You folks are wrapping up things up down there. Sounds like next week, Tuesday? Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. Really? Well, I mean, I, I hope so, but Criminies, I thought we were going to be done... Uh, by tomorrow night, in my opinion, we should have been. So now we're coming back Monday. You know, maybe we'll be done Tuesday. Maybe we'll be done Wednesday. Who knows? All right. Well, I guess uh, any worried about you guys are going to chew up days you might need later this session? I mean, certainly, I mean, that, that's been a problem we've seen where these revenues, it, it, sometimes it feels like we can't find bottom. Um, you know, there, is, is there a feeling like you're going to have enough of a buffer or if you need to come back into session that – you know, to, to adjust the budget some if we continue to have, have some issues with, with revenues that, that you're going to have enough days? I think we'll have enough days. I don't think that's going to be a major problem. Our expectations on the revenue have at least finally after these couple couple years um, become a little bit more realistic as opposed to the, you know, quote, and quote, optimistic. Um, and we may need to come back for Medicaid expansion changes. So we'll, we'll probably have enough. My big concern isn't so much about what our revenue forecast is. It's the fact that we are putting ourselves in a position for next session to uh, have a really tough time, which would make this session seem like party time. Do you feel like we're, we're avoiding that, or are we going to be tough? Is it going to be tough for us next session? If we don't have a, a, a miraculous oil recovery, I think it's going to be very tough next session. There's going to be a lot of cuts. And the cuts we're making now are, are I mean, in some cases they're very good, but in a lot of cases it's, it's, it's the bare minimum. It's shuffling a little bit here and there. It's getting rid of FTEs that existed for people that weren't really in the job anyway. So um, these have been the easy cuts. We're making the easy cuts this time around, which, and with no, with no pots of money, uh, left for next session, the next cuts are going to actually be the difficult ones. That's when people are going to feel the pain. So, I mean, we can all hope for a great oil recovery, but we'll see what happens. Well, uh, thanks for uh, cheering us all up on uh, on a Friday, Rick. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thanks for the time. Well. Uh, any t- uh, thanks for the time. Happy uh, happy to have you on, and uh, we'll certainly do that more in the future. We'll wrap up the show right after this. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, Rob Report, 701-293-9000, Last segment on this Friday, heading into your weekend. Jay Thomas Show coming up next, so be sure to tune in for that. Emailer, and we earlier in the program we were talking about uh, Donald Trump and his tax returns, and I kind of compared it to, well, I didn't kind of compare it, I did compare it to the birther movement under Donald Trump, in, insofar, or excuse me, birther movement under President Barack Obama, insofar as both Obama and Trump are playing cute with it, right? Trump, you know, Obama could have issued his long-form birth certificate early on in his administration. He didn't. He waited for years. I think Trump's doing the same thing. Emailer says, let's face reality, Trump spends money all over the globe, so someone will whine from the left about investments in Russia or China or pick a country. Uh, you know, maybe... Um, you know, I, I mean, if if that's true, I mean, if if Trump's got conflicts or whatever, I feel like the public should know about that, right? I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in transparency. You know, as I've said all along, I think Trump ought to release his tax returns. Now, uh, politically, I don't think it's nearly the issue the left thinks it is. I think the reason why Trump is playing cute with it is because it's politically advantageous for him to do so. That said, I think he ought to release them. Exactly so that we can know if he's got overseas interests that, you know, if and supposing his tax returns would even disclose that. I mean, I don't know that you would necessarily get that from a tax return. I guess it would depend on how fulsome his tax disclosure is. I mean, is he going to disclose everything or is it going to be redacted? I mean, I imagine it's going to be redacted to some extent when he does, when he does. And I think he will eventually. Um, but you know, if he's got interests all over the world, I feel like that's something we should know about. Although usually if Trump's doing business somewhere, right? I mean, we, we know about it, but I don't know. I mean, it could be out there and if it is out there, we should know about it because we should be aware of any conflicts of interest. Our president might have whoever they are. And by the way, the, the stuff about Trump says uh, somebody, um, Somebody brought up the stuff about Trump's travel uh, earlier in the program as well, and how much it costs or whatever. And I, I, I guess Sandy uh, earlier in the uh, earlier in the day, Sandy Buttweiler uh, was was making an issue out of it. And and listen, uh, you know, uh, Republicans made a big issue about President Obama playing golf all the time and his his um, you know, his his travel to Martha's Vineyard and his travel to Hawaii and how much it was costing us to fly all this stuff around. And uh, first of all, a lot of the figures you see are a little bit misleading because those are fixed expenses, right? Secret service agents cost us money whether they travel to, like, Florida or not, right? We pay those people no matter where they're at protecting the president. And a lot of time, those sorts of costs get lumped in. And even if President Trump is in Washington, D.C. and not on a golf course in Florida, we're still paying those secret service agents. Now, there are actual expenses for lodging and air travel and fuel and all that kind of stuff um it is expensive for them to move around but it's it is a very it is a relatively small amount in terms of the overall federal budget our presidents are human beings i thought it was dumb when we were complaining about you know president obama traveling all over the place I thought those stories were dumb. I think these stories are dumb about Trump. But we always do them because they're low-hanging fruit. And it's easier than talking about, say, Social Security 
or Medicare or Medicaid, which are real spending problems, which represent real threats to our fiscal stability, but are politically fraught topics because it's hard to talk about those programs or else you'll get accused by the AARP or something of wanting to push the elderly off a cliff or wanting the elderly to eat dog food or wanting sick people to die in the gutter or something. I mean, that's usually how those debates go, unfortunately. And so it's a lot easier to get upset because we're paying secret service agents to travel to Florida or something because Trump wants to play golf and stay at his resort. By the way, I saw an article. It sounds like in, it sounds like come summertime, Trump's going to be spending time at a resort in New Jersey instead. And I was reading an article about how the local city council is kind of bracing for that, right? Because there's going to be an influx of obviously media and traffic and everything that comes along with the president. Can, can you imagine Natil being like on the local city council and it's like, oh, by the way, the president's going to start living here. <laughs> Yeah, like I wonder I wonder how big the the city is if it's like comparable to I don't know, say Minneapolis or say Fargo. I forget the name of it. And it's I mean it's a little hard. I mean when you're talking about it, I mean you get out on the East Coast, all those cities like blend together, right? I mean they're all like right next to each other, so that probably It's all one big metro area. Yeah, so I mean that kind of makes a difference in terms of resources, right? That they could throw out a problem like that, but even so, what a headache. <laughs> How'd you like to be in charge of that headache? I wouldn't want to be. That's why I was wondering about these cities that like want the Super Bowl to come. What a headache. <laughs> I'd be the worst person in the world for like the local chamber of commerce. No, Super Bowl. Go somewhere else. Go to Phoenix. Don't come here. <laughs> Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Thanks for listening. You can catch me 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on 970 WDAY. Or, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at Say Anything Blog. Dot com. We'll talk again. Thanks.